watch it's real talk man it's real talk with your main chip washington when it comes to information the man got an arsenal bring you up to speed with what you need he's a local and nationwide news feed let's talk about it dialect to do something about it chip got the flow wide open if you got questions about it man it's the show that brings you to your raw to solve all problems it starts with real talk real talk And here we go, here we go on this Monday. It is August the 9th. Real Talk Memphis is in the house. We are back after a week down. And the gang is all here. And I hope you are all out there as well. This is your humble host, Chip Washington. Glad to be back in the air chair. Glad to be back with you on this evening. Uh, I think that we are going to have a pretty good show tonight. And I'm going to tell you right now, this is going to be a COVID slash Delta variant centered program. So uh, if you're tired of hearing about that, and you really shouldn't be, you might want to find something to do for the next hour. But you should just hang out with us anyway, because, you know, it's, it's actually a fairly decent program. Speaking of how you can reach the program, I'm glad you asked. There's a couple of different ways you can find us. Of course, we are live right now at the Crosstown Concourse radio station called WYXR. That's 91.7 on your FM dial. You can catch us live right now. You can also go to WYXR.org and uh, hit the Listen Live button. and You can hear us live as well. Or you can go to the TuneIn app. Uh, put in WYXR in the search. Hit the button and you will hear us crystal Clearly. Now, we are also uh, a, a podcast, uh, which if you happen to miss this uh, fine piece of radio broadcasting this evening, you can uh, check the website tomorrow sometime after the noon hour. And uh, you should be able to uh, pick up the podcast, as I like to say, what? Wherever you get your podcast. So uh, once again, very happy to have you with us uh, on this Day of news, 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 and more news. Uh, we have some good guests tonight. We are, are going to lead off the show with Dr. Nick Highsmith. Uh, he is an infectious disease physician at Lebanon's Children's Hospital, and he's going to give us the rundown on where we are with the Delta variant and how it affects our children, because it is affecting our children. Uh, also, we are going to speak with uh, Dr. John T. They call him Jack Shannon Jr. He is the president of Christian Brothers University. And, of course, a couple of months ago, they decided that if you didn't have a vaccination uh, shot, you weren't coming on campus, period. They were the first to do this. And now we see that there's a couple of other universities that have tailed on behind him uh, or behind them, rather. So we'll talk with him about um, why he decided to do that. And, of course, uh, as school is just about to start 
the financial impact, if any, in reference uh, to it. Oh, by the way, I forgot to mention at the top that we are also on Facebook Live, so you can check us out as well. If I can get this thing working uh, on my phone, um, that would be a good thing. Uh, and, 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 of course, later on in the show, we're going to talk with uh, Angela Hamblin Kelly. She is the executive director of the Baptist Centers for Good Grief. And she's going to talk to us about the loss that people experience uh, through COVID. It's a very, very tough situation. It really, really is. And um, that uh, in and of itself is going to be emotional. So I want people to really pay attention and really listen to what it is that we are going to be doing on this evening. But as uh, we always do, we start off with um, birthdays and anniversaries. So uh, I don't know who celebrated an anniversary, but if you did celebrate one, happy anniversary to you. If it was over the weekend or today, happy anniversary. Uh, Congratulations to you. Uh, As far as the birthdays are concerned, uh, let's run down the list, shall we? Happy birthday to Gloria Wilson Bennett. Happy birthday to you. Doris Reed is celebrating a birthday. That's Doris Reed. Uh, Andrew Tucker is celebrating a birthday today. Latricia Wilson. Happy birthday to Eric Stokes, to Anne Grandberry, to Thea Thomas. Happy birthday goes out to Grace Williams and Denise Atkinson. Long time no talk, Denise. You need to hit me up on Facebook. And as a, a belated uh, birthday, which was yesterday, Uh, One of the true legendary radio personalities in this city, Mr. Bobby O.J. celebrated his birthday on yesterday. Heard a lot of folks uh, shouting him out this morning, giving him a happy birthday. So happy birthday to you from RTM as well. Okay. And I think there was a graduation at the University of Memphis on Saturday. Did anybody here know that that, okay, that is a fact? All right. Well, happy graduation and congratulations to all of those who graduated on Saturday from the University of Memphis. Um, Some news and notes uh, here. Uh, Of course, this was the first day of school, not only for Shelby County, but for various districts around Shelby County today. And yes, uh, uh, if you happen to be in a hole for the last couple, three days, uh, the Shelby County Health Department issued a mask mandate for all schools, not just Shelby County, but all district schools for faculty, staff, and students. Everybody must wear a mask while you are on campus for the whole school day. Now, there was a little bit of a pushback from the Collierville School District. There were some actual parents that were standing outside earlier this morning uh, protesting the fact uh, that their child had no choice but to wear a mask. Uh, The uh, school district later this afternoon decided to comply and go along with the mandate by the health department and said, and pay attention to this, if your child comes to school without a mask, and the school offer masks, but if they don't want to wear a mask, the school will send them home, okay? Do with what you will with that, but that is exactly what was said uh, late this afternoon from the Collierville School District. Everyone else uh, seems to be in compliance. So we'll see how all this goes. I mean, this is uh, one of those situations where you got folks uh, saying, oh, who are they to, to tell us how to, you know, what to do with our children and have to wear a mask and this and that. Well, that's the rule for right now. So, and by the way, uh, in terms of the COVID uh, Delta variant, we have now uh, over 100,000 new cases a day. 
averaging about 105,000 new cases a day nationally, over 500 deaths in this country now per day nationally. This is no joke. And, um, you know, people need to start to take it seriously. Now, I will say this. Uh, I will give credit where credit is due. People are starting to maybe hear the message and maybe they're starting to understand it a bit in terms of the vaccination issue. Um, There are thousands of people right here in Shelby County who are not vaccinated. And there are millions of people across the country who are not vaccinated as of yet. Numbers are slowly ticking up here in terms of vaccination. So I'm going to always urge that you vaccinate, vaccinate, and vaccinate. And, hey, just in case you didn't hear what I said, you need to get vaccinated. The uh, folks around the country, not only academically, but in the business world, are starting to say, okay, so since you don't want to act right, since you want to be a rebel, we're going to install a or institute a, a vaccine mandate, basically saying that if you don't get ma- uh, vaccinated in a p- reasonable period of time that they designate, you might need to find another job. Not might. You need to find another job. Today, uh, three schools now total have required mask mandates here in uh, Shelby County. Uh, Rose College, of course, Uh, announced uh, last week that vaccinations will be mandatory for students and staff to be allowed on campus. Uh, Of course, I mentioned the Christian Brothers University has that policy in place and have had it now for a couple of months. And Lemoyne Owen College uh, is also mandating vaccination. So you need to be vaccinated in order for you to come on that campus whether you live on that campus, whether you come and learn on that campus, whether you work on that campus, you need to get a shot or you will be going to another school someplace else. So that's kind of interesting. Now, on the back end of that, not one but two hospitals back to back today have announced uh, that uh, they have a vaccine protocol in place as well. Both Regional One and Methodist Labonner are now requiring all of their employees have a COVID-19 vaccination effective October 31st. So they're giving you some time. They're giving you a little space. They're giving you some time to get your shot. But the message, the underlying message to all of this is very simple. You need to get your shot or you may have to find another place to work. Now, I'd be very curious to find out how you folks feel about that. And we're on Facebook Live, so, you know, you all like to say hi, but I'd like to get some uh, comments and some opinions. I asked the question earlier, and I'll ask it again, because I'm pretty sure that there's one or two parents out there who have children, school-age children, um, that actually care about their health and well-being and, 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 and their safety. So I'll ask the question I asked earlier. Do you agree with the mask mandate that was issued by the Shelby County Health Department that all schools all schools in the district have to wear a mask, and that goes for faculty, staff, and students. Yes or no? And if you have a, if you have a, a reason for that, um, be more than welcome to, to see that. I may read some of the comments if they're interesting enough on Facebook Live tonight. But this is the big and an important issue, okay? It's all about health. Children are getting sick, and children are getting very sick, 
And we're going to hear about that from Dr. Highsmith in just a few minutes. Uh, he's going to give us the, the complete rundown. I have a lot of questions I need to ask him about all of this. So, um, again, you know, it's an important issue. I would like to know what you think. I mean, is it is it is this something because beforehand I know that there were uh, a lot of folks who were interested in saying, yeah, we need to have a mass mandate for our kids. We need to do that. Now we're we're here. We're at this place now. So are you for or are you against? By the way, let me back up. Lamone Oran College, uh, in addition to uh, saying you need to have a shot to come on campus, is also giving you an incentive. One thousand dollars. For a shot. If you can prove that you got a shot and you go to Lemoyne Owen College, they'll give you a thousand dollars. Well, that brings forth all kind of thoughts in my head, but I'm gonna let that one go. <laughs> I'm just I'm just gonna let it go. So the uh, FDA, Food and Drug Administration, may approve the Pfizer vaccine outright, basically taking it off the emergency use authorization list and saying it is free and clear. A wide open vaccine. That's another question. Will you take the vaccination if that is the case? If it becomes less emergency use and more permanent, will that make up your mind? One never knows, right? And I wanted to, uh, I said I would mention this tonight because it's important. Uh, The Full View Missionary Baptist Church missions team, speaking of COVID and shots, is going to provide COVID-19 shots for children ages 12 and up. Now this will be, Uh, On August 21st at Cornerstone Prep Academy, Lester, located at 320 Carpenter in the Binghampton community. Once again, uh, COVID-19 shots for ages for children ages 12 and up will be given by the Full View Missionary Church Missions Team. August 21st, Cornerstone Prep Academy. For more information, call Reverend Mark Johnson at 901-292-1817 or Dorothy Walker at 901-517-1343. Very, very, very important. So if you haven't uh, done that and you haven't gotten your kids vaccinated uh, and they are in the category that they can be vaccinated, you should do that, okay? You should do that. Uh, In local crime news, Memphis police arrested a man. I heard many of you probably heard about this. I think it was Saturday uh, at a Kroger gas station. Um, on on Poplar, uh, where a gentleman pulled in to get some gas. He was playing his music, as a lot of our folks do, rather loud. The on-site security guard at Kroger's was apparently upset that the guy was playing his music a little too loud. And so he confronted the man. They got into a verbal argument. The security guard pulled out a gun and shot the man and killed him right there on the spot. Shot him in the chest and killed him right there on the spot. Okay, once again, this was over loud music. Now, the, the victim was in the car with his girlfriend. Apparently, they were traveling to another state. The girlfriend told him not to get out of the car, don't engage, does not have a conversation about all this. Well, he was a young guy, he got out, you know, and they started beefing back and forth, and he was unfortunately shot and killed. The man who shot and killed him, um, his name is Gregory Livingston, 54 years old, found out this afternoon he is a former police officer. Uh, for Horn Lake Police Department, and now he's a security guard for Kroger's. Well, he has been charged with second-degree murder. That was just, that's pathetic. That is absolutely, completely and totally unnecessary. And again, we live in a society where you can't start chirping at folks these days, man. And when you see certain things about to break down and about to, about to break out, you need to, you know, make haste and move somewhere else. Don't get involved in arguments. Don't get involved with beefs and hassles with these people. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. And as you see now, uh, this, this came to a very tragic end. 
But I'm going to end the news and notes segment on a very high note. We have heard about this uh, school debt forgiveness uh, from various schools around the country. Well, kudos and congratulations. Hats off to the folks at Southwest Tennessee Community College who are forgiving $1.8 million in school debt for over 1,600 students. Now, that's boss. That's boss. That is what, now, that's how you do it right there. Forgives $1.8 million in school debt for 1,600 students. Maybe some other schools will follow that example. One never knows. Hint, hint, strong hint to do that. Congratulations, Tennessee Southwest Community College. They realized the burden that a lot of folks were under uh, when COVID hit. A lot of them had to quit school and do other things. So anyway, uh, hats off to them. All right, so now that I've gotten all that out of the way, we are going to start the show. And when we come back, we are hopefully going to be talking to Dr. Nick Highsmith uh, from Le Bonner about the Delta variant, how deadly it has become, and what he sees down the road. This is Real Talk Memphis. I am Chip. You know who you are. The gang's all here. I hope you're all out there. We'll take a first break. Back in a minute. If you like Real Talk, here's a way you can get involved. Do you have a show topic idea or suggestion? Want to be considered a guest or have a guest idea? Then send Chip a message on his Real Talk show page and you can be a part of the Real Talk experience. So as he always says, go out and tell somebody. We'll be right back. everyone this is janet host of jaunt with janet wednesdays from 4 to 6 p.m bringing you new releases in the rock pop and electronic genres with a little bit of the old fused in all here on wyxr memphis 91.7 fm hi there this is bill of bill's kiln And I'd like to invite you to tune in to a new, improved Bill's Kiln, now, Mondays at midnight. Tastes great and less filling. Bill's Kiln, now on Mondays at midnight. WYXR 91.7 FM. Memphis. I'm listening. Get Real Talk on the TuneIn mobile app under WYXR, and he's now streaming live on Facebook. And you can also catch a rebroadcast on YouTube. Just put WYXR in the search box and hit subscribe. Now back to more Real Talk with Chip Washington. And welcome back to Real Talk Memphis. And for those of you watching me on Facebook Live right now, I just got my mic, my, 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 my headphones are all twisted, so I can't figure out exactly how I'm supposed to get them 
to act right. Um, so hopefully we'll fix that one during the break. But in the meantime, um, thank you all for being with us. We have a very important show tonight. We're going to do a lot of talking about uh, COVID and the Delta variant. And um, with me on the phone, um, with me as my first guest, is Dr. Nick Highsmith. Look at you. Dr. Nick Highsmith, he is an infectious disease physician at the Bonners Children's Hospital. And uh, Dr. Uh, Nick, I really appreciate you coming on the show tonight uh, and uh, providing our listeners with some very valuable uh, information. So thank you. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. So listen, uh, you know, we've seen you at the uh, the uh, the Joint Task Force briefings the last couple of weeks uh, because of just how intense uh, this uh, Delta variant is. I said something at the top of the show about uh, the LeBonner uh, Methodist family uh, also now mandating uh, vaccinations for uh, the staff that works there as well as over at Regional 1. Uh, first of all, uh, do you think that's a good move? What do you think about that move? Yeah, no, I think that's a great move. Um, I've been an advocate of that, you know, for several months now. I think that we know that the vaccine is very safe. We know that it's effective. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, you know, getting our our workforce all fully vaccinated um, is the way that we're going to continue to to fight this pandemic. Um, and I was very happy to see to see the, the hospital systems moving in that direction. Okay, so so let's get into it a little bit in terms of uh, the Delta variant. It seems as if it's starting to wake a few folks up, although not fast enough in terms of the vaccination effort. But uh, can you tell us, from your perspective uh, as an infectious disease doctor who deals with young people, just how bad this is and just how much they are being affected by this virus? Yeah, sure. So I know that, you know, we've talked and I've been at the press briefings. I think that over the last, you know, week and a half, we really started to see the um, the full face of the Delta variant and what it's going to look like in our pediatric population. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for the past, you know, 18 months, we've seen COVID-19 um, and what it's done to our adult, uh, to our adult colleagues um, in their hospital systems. Mm-hmm. And we've seen what it's done, you know, across the country. And I think, for the most part, we were um, feeling that children had been spared from the severe illness that we were seeing in, in our adult um, colleagues' hospitals. Uh, but unfortunately, over the last week and a half to two weeks, we've started to see um, some more severe cases of pediatric infections coming into Lebanon. And that's really something that's been you know, seen across the South, unfortunately. Um, so we know that some of our, you know, sister hospitals across the state of Tennessee have seen that as well. And in Arkansas and New Orleans and Mississippi, they've seen that as well also. So I think that what we're seeing is, is we're seeing an increase in the severity of disease that the Delta variant causes. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really hitting our unvaccinated population. And we're also seeing more severe illness in our pediatric population, uh, which is quite concerning. Um I was looking just now before we got, you know, before I got on here to talk with you at the the new dashboard that the state of Tennessee has put up on their on their website on the Tennessee Department of Health, just looking at the number of pediatric patients that they've had across the state. And yeah. it's, it's gone up significantly over the last three weeks just across the state. I mean, we know that we feel it here in West in West Tennessee and in Shelby County, but it's really something that's happening across the state with you know, seven kids on ventilators and 14 of them in the ICU That's, across our state, yeah, which yeah. is up, you know, to, to essentially none a few weeks ago. So that's, it's very concerning. 
Now, to bring home the point, uh, uh, we're speaking with Dr. Nick Highsmith uh, from Labana Children's Hospital. When a child in particular is on a ventilator, how critically serious is that? I want people to hear it from someone who sees it and who deals with it on a daily basis. No, yeah, it's, I mean, it's very serious. It's, you know, you you have to sedate a child, you have to paralyze a child um, to put that tube down their throat, and then you have a machine that's breathing for them, essentially. And, I mean, it's not a, it's a very serious, um, serious thing that happens, and it's, it's, um, it's not something that we take lightly at all. Well, you know, and, and in terms of that, and in speaking of that, of course, there was this back-and-forth debate about mask mandates and, Shelby County uh, Health Department on Friday made the decision that all students at all schools, faculty, staff, and students would be under a mask mandate starting today. Today was the first day of school. And I know you're an advocate for that, but can you tell me, do you think that we will see uh, or basically what the benefit of that will be uh, from your view? Sure. So I think that there's a couple of things. I think over the past year, um, obviously we looked at virtual learning and we knew that there were a lot of shortfalls to virtual learning that we didn't get, you know, it's better for kids to be there in person. Right. So we knew we wanted to get kids back in schools. And I think that's, that's great. And I think all of my colleagues would agree with that. You know, we feel like we can do that safely. Mm-hmm. I think that the big thing that we wanted to see was measures be put in place in school systems that would keep the kids safe while they were there. Right. Uh, because if those measures aren't put in place, then what we're going to do is we're going to have a bunch of kids who are going to be exposed and out for quarantine. Mm-hmm. So we're going to essentially be back where we were last year, sort of on a rolling basis. You know, kids will come to school. They'll be exposed. They'll have to go out. Right. They'll be learning from home. They won't be, you know, provided that experience of, of in-person learning. And then on an even more serious note, uh, they're going to get sick. Um, and we've seen that they're getting severely sick. So I think that those are two things that are that are really, you know, go hand in hand of why we needed to to enact masks in schools and have this mask mandate. And I was very, um, very proud that the Shelby County Health Department put out that uh, addendum to that man- mandate last week. And I think that's what we need to do over the next few weeks to keep these kids safe and in school. So, you know, and, and, and I don't and I don't disagree with anything you just said. I think anything that we can do to keep our kids safe and hopefully it'll keep our family safe as well. Uh, do you think uh, that uh, the next uh, inevitable step would be a mask mandate for the entire county? Now, I know that folks do absolutely don't want to hear that. And I, mm-hmm. but I, but but I also know that this variant is is uh, is nothing like we've we've seen even the first round um, as as quickly as it's spreading. What's your take on that? Right. So I think I think you're exactly right. I think this variant is something new. I think you know a month ago would have had drastically different recommendations for school and for you know mask mandates out in public. We wouldn't even be having this conversation if it wasn't for the Delta variant. Right. I think that the big thing is us protecting our unvaccinated population, um, and that includes our children uh, that are less than 12. So I agree that I think we probably should have a mask mandate in 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 uh, the inside you know inside businesses and, and whatnot across Shelby County. And like you said, I know that there are people that don't want to hear that, but I think it's important that we look at this um, you know long term. I know it's hard to say long term because we've been doing this for 18 months now. Right, right. But I think we're at a point that's a little bit different than where we've been in the past. Mm -hmm. Um, I would have said two months ago we were at a different point. I felt like we were all 
to that place where we were, you know, increasing vaccinations, we were seeing the, the numbers go down and we didn't have the Delta variant. But I think now we're in a different place. And I think, unfortunately, we have a little bit of time to get this Delta variant under control. And I think that the way we do that is to um, everyone to wear masks. Um, and for those who haven't been vaccinated, get vaccinated. And I think if we can do that and stop the spread, then we'll be able to do um, to, to stop this surge quickly and get back on track where we were a few months ago. We have been speaking with uh, Dr. Nick Highsmith. Uh, he is an infectious disease physician at the uh, Labana Children's Hospital. And uh, he has been giving us uh, a very real look at what the Delta variant looks like in our communities right now and how important it is for all of us to do our part uh, in terms of the vaccination effort. And uh, Dr. Nick, before you go, um, you know, I, I, I always think that I've always thought that um, the best uh, advertisement for anything uh, is a real example. And I have seen uh, nationally stories uh, from individuals who have suffered and are suffering from COVID or in the Delta variant in their hospital rooms, in their beds, who were anti-vaxxers or ones that didn't think too much about this whole process, uh, but who are now urging other folks to, look, if you haven't done this, you don't want what I have. You you really never want what I have, and I don't want what I have. And if I survive this, I will get a vaccination. Uh, what do you say uh, when you hear stories like that, and especially when you're talking to your patients who have questions about things like this? Yeah, I, I would say that, you know, if you're at that point where you haven't been vaccinated um, and you think that maybe this isn't going to affect me, I think that we've seen it affect younger and younger individuals. I think that, you know, this age group between 20 and 30 and 30 to 40 are these are these parents of these children that can't get vaccinated. Right. So I think they need to get vaccinated. Right. I think we I know that we've seen healthy individuals who are in those age groups come into the hospital systems very ill and die. I and I think that we also have to look at this um, from a community standpoint and what's best for our community. And right now, everyone getting vaccinated, protecting these populations that can't um, is extremely important. One other thing I'd like to mention is here in, in the Mid-South, unfortunately, we have a lot of asthma. Yes. We all know that. Yes, and sir. we have a lot of um, obesity. Mm-hmm. And both of those things, um, you know, they can cause uh, more acute um, illness so we've seen severe illness in healthy children but that has come on over a few days, but we've seen kids that have asthma uh, and other conditions like that who get COVID-19 and they are sick very quickly and yeah. come into the hospital very sick. Wow. Um, so I think these are all things that we need to think about. And I think we as a community have to come together and vaccinate and and, and keep masks on individuals just for a few more months. And, and I think we can put this behind us. It's a very serious time, uh, and it uh, it requires some serious uh, thought and some serious uh, measures. Dr. Nick Highsmith, thank you so much for coming on Real Talk Memphis tonight. I really appreciate it. And uh, if you don't mind, uh, down the road, I may bring you back to give us some further updates. But in the meantime, thank you, and please stay safe. Yeah, thank you for having me. Uh, Take care. Dr. Nick Highsmith, ladies and gentlemen, gave us some real truth on Real Talk about uh, what is going on with this uh, Delta variant and uh, how serious it really is and how deadly it can be as well. We don't want to hear stories like that. We want to do what we can do while we can do it. It's not hard. Let's just get it done. 
We're going to take our second break. When we come back, we're going to continue the conversation, and we're going to take it uh, to the campus, so to speak. Uh, My next guest, uh, Dr. Shannon from Christian Brothers University. This is Real Talk Memphis. I'm glad you're with us. Take our next break. We'll be right back. You're listening to Real Talk with Chip Washington. If you're celebrating a birthday, anniversary, or special occasion, shoot him a note and he'll read it on the air. Get involved and tell somebody about Real Talk. We'll be right back. Hey Memphis, my name is Ron Buck. I am looking forward to bringing you my show, Riverside, every Friday from 1 to 2 p.m. I will be playing rock and blues, old and new, and featuring Memphis music and events. I hope you'll tune in to Riverside every Friday at 1 p.m. on WYXR 91.7 FM, Raised by Sound. Jerry, your host of Without a Net, here on WYXR Sunday nights from 8 to 10. We're going to be hearing some pure jazz and some impure jazz and lots of other good music, too. Come join me this Sunday. See you later. Every Saturday I go to Fifth City, but every Sunday morning I hang out with Brandy Rinks for her putting on airs. Country, honky tonk, folk. She's the best, y'all. Tune in every Sunday from 9 to 10 a.m. Real Talk on the TuneIn mobile app under WYXR, and he's now streaming live on Facebook. And you can also catch a rebroadcast on YouTube. Just put WYXR in the search box and hit subscribe. Now back to more Real Talk with Chip Washington. And welcome back to Real Talk Memphis on this Monday. Chip Washington here. Uh, on um, this beautiful day, it's a, it's like about 127 degrees outside. So if you don't have to go, <laughs> stay in the stay in the shade, please. But if you have to be out in the uh, heat, uh, hydrate and be careful. All right, uh, welcome back to the show. Uh, our theme tonight basically really is COVID and COVID related issues. And a couple of months ago, uh, before anybody even thought about it, uh, one particular uh, school here in uh, Memphis. Decided that you know what we're gonna we're gonna we're going to stop this before it starts. Christian Brothers University back in June uh, said that they were not going to allow you on campus if you weren't vaccinated. Whether you work there, whether you taught there, whether you live there, or you just come there, they said nope. You have to prove that you are vaccinated before we have you on campus. And the man behind all that is the president of Christian Brothers University, and he is Dr. John Jack Shannon, Jr. And uh, Dr. Shannon, thank you once again for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. 
Uh, thank you for the opportunity. So, listen, you um, kind of started this whole whole train to move, and now today we saw a couple of other uh, local schools, Lamorne Owen and and Rhodes, sort of change their policy to kind of match your policy. Tell our listeners, if you will, what made you um, so early, a couple of months ago, um, decide that this was uh, a move you wanted to make even before we started talking about Delta? So from the very beginning of the pandemic, dating back to March of last year's chip, we've uh, closely followed the science. Yes, and sir. we uh, also abided by public health guidance. And um, you know where we were in the summer was that the numbers were looking better, but we all knew that the best way for us to protect ourselves and protect each other in our larger community was to get the vaccine. And uh, you know, uh, as is our name, Christian Brothers, we were founded by the brothers. Yes. And uh, our Lasallian mission and identities and value call for us to protect each other mm-hmm. and to look out not only for ourselves, but for uh, all in our communities. So talking to the board, consulting with my colleagues, as well as following the public health guidance, we made the decision that it was the right thing for our community to have everyone fully vaccinated. Uh, we would have actually announced it earlier than June, but we wanted to wait until the EEOC provided the guidance that we could require it of staff and faculty as well, because um, some schools originally said to st- uh, students would be uh, vaccinated. We felt it was very important that we all join together as a Lasallian community to make sure that we protected each other. Sounds like you did a lot of homework, Dr. Shannon. We are speaking, if you're just joining us, with uh, Dr. Jack Shannon, Jr. He is the president of Christian Brothers University. A lot went into this decision, but I guess I want to ask you now, how, how difficult to sell was it? Because, you know, you, you can make the decision, but you have a lot of, you have some bosses, too, and some, some layers to have to convince. Was it a hard sell in terms of doing that, the, the, the decision you made? Yeah, you know, in terms of... Uh consulting with our trustees, we were consulting on at least a monthly basis, sometimes even more often since the beginning of the pandemic about where we were going Mm -hmm. as a university. Mm -hmm. And I think that uh, dialogue was very helpful in getting uh, the buy-in and support of the trustees for the decision that we made. I I will say it has not been a universally popular decision. Uh, It felt a little lonely there, as you mentioned at the outset. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I'm talking to individuals, um, you know, and I did take a lot of calls uh, from students, faculty, staff, and families, and just walk through why we were doing it. Uh, our position was also founded upon uh, the guidance provided by Pope Francis. With, he had said back earlier in the year, it's our moral obligation as Catholics to get the vaccine. Uh, it's a gift that's been given to us, and it's appropriate that we take advantage of that. I mean, we're so fortunate when you look at this uh, pandemic that we have a vaccine so quickly and so readily available and in varying forms uh, that will allow us to protect ourselves. I really think um, it's not only the right thing to do from a moral perspective, but it's a right thing to do even from a personal perspective to get the vaccine. And I hope that more of our community will do so. Uh, I was also personally informed by the experience of my brother. He's a nurse practitioner up in New Jersey, and okay. he okay. handled the first wave of cases back early last year. Mm-hmm. And uh, when Brian told me the stories of, of having 
to be there and putting a, a phone in front of a patient so that a family via FaceTime could yeah. say goodbye to that. Oh, and the number of, of individuals in the COVID ICU units, that was heartbreaking. Yeah. And uh, now we've got a tool that allows us to avoid that. We really should be using it and getting the vaccine. So, you know, everything is 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 based on the uh, financial bottom line, too, Dr. Shannon. Of course, uh, no one knows that better than you. But I want to know, first of all, what kind of pushback you got from the faculty, staff, and students, where that number of vaccinated students is now as you uh, prepare or start another school year, um, you know, moving forward. So, I mean, Generally, people were supportive of the decision. I mean, I think that's part of being a member of LaSalle community here. And we really do believe in, in looking out for each other. So uh, it's in our DNA. Uh, there were some that were a little concerned and it might have been because they were getting bad information uh -huh. or maybe it was because they were scared uh, because this is not something that we've dealt with before. Right. But generally, uh, people have come on board and overall, I think we're down to a handful of employees, faculty and staff included, and a handful of students who at this point haven't submitted proof of vaccination. And uh, we're calling them to make sure that they do so. If they choose to make the decision not to get vaccinated, uh, that's their choice. And uh, we will proceed uh, with the start of the semester, unfortunately, without them. Mm -hmm. But we hope that they would get vaccinated because uh, the opportunity of an education, particularly a, a LaSallean education, is one that not many people get uh, here in the United States still. And I would hope that they uh, would not forego that opportunity for fear of a vaccine, which has been proven safe and actually protective and uh, mitigating of circumstances that are a lot worse if you get COVID yeah, that's than true. if you have the side effects from the vaccine. That's very true. Uh, finishing up with uh, Dr. Jack Shannon, Jr., president of Christian Brothers University. And you must have uh, felt some, I don't know, sense of uh, gratification or maybe even thanks to some of the other uh, colleges and universities uh, around the country, but especially the two here that announced that they too were going to follow um, your lead in terms of everybody vaccinated or sorry, just just don't come back. You had to feel some sense of, I guess, satisfaction with that. But your message has been through this conversation and I think through every day is that, you know what, we're all in this together and we all need to work together and we all need to help each other, our brothers and sisters. We all need to help each other, you know, try to get past this. So you had to have some sense of gratification when you heard that news, I would imagine. Yeah, it, it, I, I will say that uh, I was very happy when St. Jude announced that they were going yeah. to be requiring because yes. they are such a major force for good and such a um, – important presence in our community. Uh -huh. uh, when I heard the news earlier today about Rhodes and Lemoyne, um, I was happy, uh, not as a university president, but as a Memphian, right. that they were joining us in this. And the more people that get vaccinated, the safer our community is gonna be for all of us. And the sooner we're gonna be able to get back to some semblance of a normal life that we've all been craving and desiring for these last 18 months. So. Uh, to your listeners, if you haven't got vaccinated, please do so. There you go. It's really important. Protect yourself. Protect your family. Let's protect each other. As you said, Chip, we're all in this together, and it's really important that uh, we not let anything divide us because in a time of crisis like this, 
Americans have always come together and it's important that we follow the examples of our grandparents and great grandparents and many others who have done the right thing in a time of crisis and looked out for each other. Amen to that. And that's a great way to end the conversation. Uh, uh, Dr. Jack Shannon, uh, I really appreciate you taking time out of your schedule. I wish you a very successful school year. Thank you for your message. Thank you for what you do. And and, and keep preaching the word because we sure do need it. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks again, Chip. Have a good evening. You too. Thank you so much. Dr. Jack Shannon, ladies and gentlemen, uh, president of Christian Brothers University with a powerful message uh, to all of us. And, and this is too big for all of us to act as if it, 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 it's nothing. I mean, it, it really is a very big deal because the back end of this is death. And, and on top of that, the un, unmeasurable grief that goes along with that and keeping with the theme of this show, we're going to take our final break, a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to speak with Angela Hamblin Kelly uh, to talk to us about uh, how her organization, how her group deals with so many who are dealing with uh, the grief over the loss of a loved one during these times of COVID. This is Real Talk Memphis. I'm Chip. We're right back. You're listening to Real Talk with Chip Washington. If you're celebrating a birthday, anniversary, or special occasion, shoot him a note and he'll read it on the air. Get involved and tell somebody about Real Talk. We'll be right back. Yo, what up, what up, what up? It is the president of Driven Type T, and you're now tuned in to Memphis's own WYXR 91.7 FM. The station with the city soul, man. Come on, you know what it is. <laughs> Remember, never stop. Stay driven. You're listening to WYXR 91.7 FM Memphis. This is Nancy, and I hope you'll join me on a musical journey from 2 to 4 p.m. Mondays with Memphis Undercover. Get Real Talk on the TuneIn mobile app under WYXR, and he's now streaming live on Facebook. And you can also catch a rebroadcast on YouTube. Just put WYXR in the search box and hit subscribe. Now back to more Real Talk with Chip Washington. And welcome back to Real Talk Memphis. I am your humble host, Chip Washington. I hope that you have, if you have been listening, I hope that you enjoy the show tonight. Uh, we are really spending a lot of time talking about COVID and uh, some of the issues related to it. And I'm very happy uh, to have my next guest uh, on the phone. She is the executive director of Baptist Centers for Good Grief. And she's going to talk about what that's all about and what um, that particular organization does uh, her name is Angela Hamlin Kelly. And Angela, once again, thank you so much for coming on the show tonight. Real Talk, I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. I certainly wish um, we weren't needing to talk about grief in our community, especially grief at the scale we are right now. Absolutely. But, uh, you know, it, it, it is where we are these days. And, of course, uh, I don't know if uh, you folks out there um, saw um, uh, a very intimate look at what uh, her group does, her organization does 
Um, good grief. There was a feature story uh, that, that was on the CBS Evening News uh, with Nora O'Donnell uh, I don't know, it was a few weeks ago, I believe. And I happened to watch that, and it was very, very powerful. It was about a family here in Memphis, a family of five who, who lost their husband, their father, suddenly the COVID, and uh, how they were trying to cope with the tremendous loss of that and uh, the help that uh, this organization uh, uh, gave her. So, Angela, uh, if you will, for those who, of us who don't know, kind of explain what Good Grief is all about and what you all do. Sure. Here at Baptist Centers for Good Grief, we started um, providing services back in 1999 for our community here. Mm -hmm. We were uh, the first provider in our area for free grief counseling for children, teens, and adults who have had a loved one to die. Um, That's part of our mission here at Baptist. We know that death is certainly a part of life. Um, it's, it's something that many people, um, shy away from there. You know, we don't want to talk about this, but we also know that grief is the most universal experience. Mm-hmm. Um, no matter where you live, no matter what you look like or anything else, we're all going to experience grief. Um, and so we've been providing these services free of charge to our community. We now have three grief centers, um, two here in Memphis, one with our hospital in Jonesboro, Arkansas, and we even have expansion plans um, coming in for next year. So again, we really um, provide these services to the entire community at large, uh, free of charge. Well, you know, that, that what you just said really had a lot of power behind it because, I mean, grief is something that we've all dealt with. Each and every one of us, none of us can escape it. But, I mean, COVID has put a layer on this that none of us will ever um, never forget. I mean, this is something that no, no one, none of us had ever seen before. And the fact that there are over 600,000 uh, of our brothers and sisters who are, you know, have died from uh, COVID related illnesses is just an almost unfathomable number. Um, you have dealt a lot, of course, with that. I'm sure that's probably your primary focus. Talk a little bit about um, uh, your grief counselors and 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 how you approach this situation. I, I would imagine, I guess, it has to de- it depends on the folks that you're dealing with, right? Yeah, it's. Um, I, I, first of all, I work with incredible folks, um, and we are very committed to uh, grief resources and providing these services in our community. Mm -hmm. But much like our hospital uh, staff, we are overwhelmed. We're overwhelmed with families um, in need. We're um, definitely COVID families are calling us um, and their needs are unique. Um, Just about every family that calls, multiple people within the family have had COVID. Um, Maybe one has died, but what that does for the family is other fear. You know, it's a normal, secondary loss when somebody we love dies we yes. have a, a normal loss of feet of security and that means okay this person i love died oh other people i love could die and with covid we're seeing that you know when you have multiple people within families and so you have a young child here grieving the loss of maybe one family member with covid but knowing several other people have COVID that enhances their grief, their fear, their lack of security, um, even lack of security of the world. You know, is it safe? Um, Are other people I love going to die? And how do I process that? You know, if I'm eight years old, how do I process the enormity of that grief? And being able to give them space to do that is very important because we know that grief needs to be attended to grief that is not attended to is what we see that could lead later down the road to um, health problems or other mental health problems and so grief support for families right now is critical we are speaking with angela hamblin kelly she's the executive director 
of the Baptist Centers for Good Grief. And, you know, we were talking earlier uh, this afternoon, and one of the things that came to mind for me was uh, you, you know, you talk about your 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 incredible staff, and, and 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 for what all of you all do is just an absolutely you know amazing gift. But how do you all, uh, as, as a staff, as a group, process grief? I mean, you're talking with people and, and trying to you know help them through some very traumatic experiences. But I mean, how do you all cope with uh, what you have to do? on that level on a daily basis. I would imagine that has to be a bit difficult. And as you said earlier, overwhelming at times. Absolutely. Um, I did a little work in New York after 9-11, and I think I learned a lot then about the importance of processing this as healthcare workers. Um, This is something we've never seen before. And I learned that obviously after 9-11, but here with COVID and with my coworkers, um, we talk a lot. We support each other a lot. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm working with people who are sending their children back to school. So normally when we are with a client, you know, we're engaging with them about their worst day, the worst day they've lived. But right now we're all living in our worst days. We're all surrounded by fear. So I work with these incredibly talented therapists, but they're also people, you know, they're also people who have maybe older parents who are, um, you know, have other health problems and fearful for them sending their children back to school. All of these same concerns and fears that everyone is dealing with, but you're right. We're also talking about it eight hours a day at work with our clients. And so we do a lot of debriefing. Um, That's something that I'm very passionate about. And I work uh, with the staff to, to talk and to debrief and express Um, and also finding other resources to be of support to them as well. So that's something we take very seriously here because we have to be healthy to continue to help our community. Exactly. And that, and that's, and and that has to be such a a challenge sometimes. I'm, I'm pretty sure that there are days, you know, when, when the day is over and somebody may come to your office, one of your, one of your staff folks and say, I just, I mean, I'm just, I'm, 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 I'm overwhelmed. I'm, I'm just, I'm really done. And I mean, I, I mean, and then, and I'm sure that makes you feel some kind of way. So that that support uh, network that you all have with each other has to be extraordinarily important. Absolutely. And coping skills. You know, we talk coping skills with our clients all the time, but we have to have them as well, you know, um, and, and we're not robots. I mean, we're human too. And so there are days that I leave here and I get in the car and I either turn on some music or I go to a podcast that's going to make me laugh or sometimes I drive in silence. I mean, you have to have these ways and we do and we really do lean on each other and we lean on those coping skills because, again, if we are not healthy, if, if we do not have good emotional health, we cannot take care of, of our clients. Uh, one of the uh, uh, one of the one of the one of the keys to all of this is you said you, know, you all are counselors and uh, how do you go about um, finding folks um, to be a part of of, of this team? I, I love the I, I just love the spirit that you have when you talk about these folks. You, you know you're very very proud of your of, 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 your, of your group there, and I'm sure they're all watching you right now. Hey, <laughs> but um, how do you how do you pick them? How do you find individuals who are suited for this particular type of work? It's hard. I'll be honest with you. It's hard. We're about we're going to have an opening here soon with some of our um, things that we're working towards for uh, next year. Mm-hmm. And it's hard. It's hard to find the right person because we're all therapists. There's many therapists out there, but we are working with grief, the, the grief of the death of a loved one every day. And that's heavy. And so we have to have someone who um, really has um uh, very skilled therapeutically because 
every type of person grieves. Okay. So yes. people who maybe have other mental illnesses, they grieve. People who are struggling with addictions grieve. So you have to be a very well-rounded therapist, um, but you also have to be able to um, bear witness to people's pain without um, jumping into a fix-it mode because it's not our job to fix this. Um, there's We can't fix this, but what we can do is join them in their pain, walk this journey with them, um, and so those are the types of things that we look for, but it is hard. It's hard to find, you know, kind of the right fit for someone who can do this job um, with extreme empathy. And so that's what we look for. Well, I have to say, uh, I was uh, very, very moved by the story that I saw on the network news. And, and I'm really very taken and very moved by talking to you tonight um, just about what you do on a daily basis. It, 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 it really is nothing short to me of amazing uh, God bless you and uh, your fine staff of uh, professionals, uh, your, your counselors, and uh, hats off to each and every one of you. Uh, I hope that uh, you continue not only to uh, to uh, provide the service to others, but also take care of yourselves as well. Thank you, Angela, for being on my show tonight. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for taking time to talk about grief. Absolutely, absolutely. Angela Hammond-Kelly, ladies and gentlemen, she is the executive director of Baptist Centers for Good Grief and just listening to the conversation, the work that they do is it, it really is God's work. I mean, you know, to be able to take the, the overwhelming grief that so many of us have faced uh, one way or another, associated one way or another with COVID or just, uh, you know, any other traumas uh, that provide uh, loss. Uh, grief is real and we all deal with it from time to time. There's absolutely no doubt about that. This has been for me a very um, emotional show, and it's also been a very informative show. I think uh, I've learned a lot of things tonight, and I hope that you have as well. Uh, please understand that um, this is this COVID thing is 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 really serious, and and we were starting to take a forward step, and now we're taking backward steps, and um, it really is the pandemic of the unvaccinated. I don't care whether you like what I just said. I don't care whether you don't want to hear it. It is the truth. And we all need to try to support each other in this effort. You are going to see more and more companies, more and more businesses, more and more schools uh, take the take this pandemic by the reins. And they're going to be the ones to say, look, okay, if you, we gave you an opportunity to do what you needed to do. But if you're not going to do what you need to do to help us get all of us get out of this, then we're going to help you along with that. Um, and a lot of them have said basically, like she mentioned, St. Jude, like like Dr. Shannon mentioned earlier, St. Jude. Uh, many companies are saying, look, can't have you here if you're not vaccinated. If you don't care about other people, we do. And more importantly, we care about you. So if you want to stay, go get a shot, come back and be of service. If not, move along. Colleges are going to see that. You're going to see more and more of that as well. So don't be surprised if you see it, um, that more and more businesses and companies and corporations and academic institutions are going to say, hey, get the shot or move along. Listen, thank you so much for uh, being a part of uh, RTM, Real Talk Nation, because you know what? RTM is a boss show. 
That's going to be my new tagline from now on. RTM is a bar. Because I like it. I created it. I like it. This is good. But listen, I thank you so much for if you uh, watch the show or listen to the show. I really appreciate you. Uh, if you like what you hear and you like what we do, please go out and tell somebody. And uh, if you uh, want to be a future guest on this show to be considered, uh, or you know someone that might uh, benefit from being on this uh, fine piece of radio broadcasting, please send them our ways. Jack plays us out. Once again, really appreciate each and every one of you. <laughs> My friend Carlos says, boss show. See, he got it. See, that's what I'm talking about right there. So thank you all very, very much. And before I go, as I always say, please support each other, encourage each other, lift each other, motivate, and and just, you know, let's be there for each other, especially during this time, because that's really what is important. You know, you support me, I support you, we support each other. So in the meantime and between time, I'm Chip, and for all of the RTM team, we thank you for listening and being with us same time next week. Until then, I'm Chip, and I'm out.